You are listening to the latest message from Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas, where we don't care about your past, but care about your future. We thank you for joining us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Dwayne Higgins. But we're going to go to Exodus and, and finish up uh, a little bit of chapter 34, and then we're going to move into 35 and look at the priestly garments and stuff. And it's always good to be able to to uh, see some visual stuff. So Caleb's supposed to get some. We're in verse 29. We're going to talk about Moses after he meets face-to-face with God. And many of you are familiar with this story, but some may not be. Uh, he goes back up on Mount Sinai to replace the two tablets that had been destroyed when he came down the first time. Uh, and they had made the molten calves and and uh, he threw them down and if you watched uh, uh, Cecil B. DeMille's and, and uh, Charlton Heston he throws them down and there's a big explosion we don't know that all they did but he did break them and destroy those tablets that, that God had made and now God brings him back up this time he tells Moses to cut the stones and bring the stones with him, and he would write on them and stuff. Well, what happened when he came back down after this meeting? His face shone. In other words, there was an entirely different aspect about him that there was a, a God's glory had changed his whole complexion. No one can basically say how or what or when or what it looked like, but can you imagine being in the presence of God and that old leathery skin of him being in the desert all these years and and y'all know what the sun can do to your skin and the heat and the dry weather and stuff. You know, he was probably not the best-looking character because he was sunburned uh, and, and Old skin probably looked a lot like leather. I mean, all the years he'd been in the sun. And now there's this glow about it. And what it makes me think about is when a person gets saved and begins to walk with God, all of a sudden there's a new character in them too. And it shines out. Uh, somebody that truly gets saved, and I say truly gets saved because some people make professions of faith and there's not a change in the heart. But there should be a, a visual change. But with Moses, it, it scared everybody. It was such a dramatic change there. In verse 30, it says, So when Aaron and all the sons of Israel, uh, which is talking about the leadership, saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Now, that's, that's pretty frightening. His own brother was afraid to come near him. But one of the things we talked about in the kitchen today, we do some Bible study in there, and y'all just don't know about it, but how much the people, the Israelites saw throughout the Exodus and still rejected the things God did, which is it's just it's spooky to me that they could see so much, and you would think, well, you dummy? Why do you make these decisions? 
because we still do the same thing today. There is something about it, that human nature, that no matter what God shows us, we still have a tendency to forget all the things God has done and then turn negative. And that's just that sinful nature of living in the flesh. Uh, so we, we do the same things they do. And I'm sure there's somebody sitting there looking at us wondering, why in the world would you see all that you do and then you act the way you do? But when you let the flesh rule over the spirit, you're going to mess up. It's just, a, it's a, and that's what they did. They would see it, they'd glorify God, they'd, they'd run in fear, they would rejoice, and then just a few days later, they're telling Moses, you're not even the leader. Even his own wife, a, a little after this period of time, turns on him, and Aaron turns on him again and, and stuff. But yet, God chose to use Moses in a mighty way not because he was special, but he was called by God. You see, Moses didn't bring anything to this, this situation other than his availability. God planted him where he needed to for the four, first 40 years, and God picked him up, put him where he needed to be for the next 40. Then God called him. He'd been from the palace to the desert. From ruling over people to ruling over a bunch of sheep in the wilderness. And now God gives him a bunch of obstinate people. And I promise you, if you deal with sheep very much, it helps you understand people. We, we as a church at one time tried to raise our own sheep. And I had some goats mixed with them. And I thought, you the dumbest thing in the world. You could take over and feed them. The goats would butt the sheep, and the sheep would stand over. They'd starve to death because they wouldn't fight back. I said, get in there and fight for it. No. And then they wander around. And I'm telling you, when, when God says you're a bunch of sheep, that's not a compliment. Okay? They're not very bright. But, but God, we, we, we're just a whole lot like them sometimes. We don't show a lot of sense, and that's what happened there. They were afraid. So Moses called to them, verse 31, and Aaron and all the rulers in the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. And afterward, the sons of Israel. Uh, do you all understand when I talk about the sons of Israel, who he's talking about? This is not the nation of Israel. This is the descendants of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. So the sons of Israel are the leadership of the tribal, and that's the other thing you need to understand. In the Hebrew culture, it was tribal. You, you fell under one of the patriarchs, and you were linked to that patriarch, one of the 12 uh, patriarchs, which were the sons of Jacob and stuff, and referred to Israel. So when the Bible says the sons of Israel, he is referencing those uh leadership of those tribes there and so he's talking about that and he commanded them to do everything the lord had spoken to him on mount sinai 
And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil covering his face. But whenever Moses went in to, before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he would put the veil back on. But he was sharing these instructions with the people that God had given him in, in relationship to worship, uh, not only the Ten Commandments, but also the things that dealt with the temple and uh, what there's going to be on the, the tabernacle uh, in the wilderness, which was a mobile uh, place of worship. It was a tent. We've looked at that a little bit. Uh, stuff and so Moses would replace the veil over them so that finishes that chapter but the next part is where we're going to go in when God when Moses assembles the congregation and uh and Caleb fixing to put some stuff up there for you to look at uh because one of the things is how to dress uh, in the things that would be gathered together for uh needed for the Aaron as the high priest and would carry on throughout the 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 high priest from then on and stuff. So give us that picture, Caleb, and stuff. But he he gives our people of opportunity from 1 to verse 9 uh, about the various things. All right, this is what we would pretty well think that uh, the high Aaron would look like and be dressed on. And so let me get my pointer stick. I don't have to run Melinda off with it tonight. Stuff. All right, it talks about the breastplate in the stones. You see this part right here, this breastplate. Uli was hung with a leather strap or something around his neck. It's got 12 different stones on there that represents the 12 different tribes of Israel. And so uh, with that, that represented every one of those sons uh, of Israel or Jacob, and each one of them had their own, what we, I think we call them bir uh, birthstones and stuff, kind of what we do when you month you were born and stuff, you have a certain stone. That's where it came from. God said each one of these stones would represent one of the 12 tribes there, and the priest would represent all, every one of them. This apron deal here with a sash, that is called an ephod right there. So he's got a tunic, he's got an undergarment here of white, he's got a purple tunic, and then this other apron there went down the back and down the front with a sash there. That's called the ephod, and that was a, a special made garment that only the high priest would wear to signify them, and it went underneath the breastplate. All right, nothing on his feet, right? When, when he goes in, because what did God tell Moses when he approached him at the burning bush? Remove your sandals because you're coming in on holy ground. So he would have been barefoot as he entered into the holy of holies. He has his own incense, which was an incense. And God has given, uh, when you, you read the scripture, there's a very specific formula uh, of how to make it. Now, I'm not familiar with the ingredients, but it God's very specific with the recipe of, of how to do that and what to use. So when you read places where Aaron's son, Eli's son, offered strange fire, it's because they offered a different incense instead of what God had intended. 
In other words, instead of using these incense, what we best understand is they were very expensive, very rare. And so when you try to short God and say, well, I'll do something cheaper and stuff, that would mean you was offering up a strange fire. And God destroyed two of Aaron's sons because of that. And he also destroyed Aaron's, uh, Eli's son later on uh, when he sat there with Samuel. And uh, his sons were killed in battle because of, of their corruption there. So don't ever think you're going to shortchange God. You may get by with it for a while, but I promise you it will catch up with you and stuff. So you don't shortchange him, but, but there would have been coals off a of fire from in here, and then they would have put the incense on top, which would give a sweet aroma, and he would carry that with him as he would go in and stuff. He's got a turban over his head. Why it's okay to wear your hat in church? Oh, my stuff. Huh? That's my turban. See, I'll tell. Made out of straw. It was round at one time, but anyway, uh, that's about what he would look like. Um, of course, the natural thing was beard, mustaches. Uh, they just—it was a shameful thing for a man to shave and uh, not grow a beard. Uh, that was part of the culture, not necessarily uh, anything to do with God, but it was the, the culture at the time. And plus, for those ugly ones, it helped them look better. So, uh, huh? Oh, <laughs> I didn't say you was one of them. I just said it helped some of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, she knew you when you didn't have a beard, too, so... Um, but anyway, there's another one comes in with a beard. See what I'm talking about? Just say, yeah, that's right, Billy. <laughs> but anyway, that was a that was a common thing for him to to uh, wear beards. And if you, there was a time in um, in Paul's life when he was going back to Israel, he shaved his face and cut his hair uh, as a as a bow and stuff. So. So anyway, there he is. Caleb's going to give you all that. Uh, the shoulder straps up here, uh, the stones of memorial that would button up, the breastplate, four rows of stains, uh, gold chains, uh, but you see it came down with the sash, and then you have this undergarment, which turned, and all that is uh, based on God's, uh, what God told them to build. And at the bottom there was uh, tassels, and uh, I'm trying to remember. I read that just the other day about it was a remembrance. It had something to do with uh, the reason God told them in remembrance for them to put that on the bottom. Anyway, they had a purpose. Uh, and it was to bring into remembrance of uh, what whatever God was trying to bring them. But all that had a purpose uh, in there. So that's what they would have looked like. And, um, and God's given them instructions for them to bring. And so to share and to give 
towards ministries means we all get to participate a little bit in it. And, um, and that's why you need to think about that. This church operates off of everybody's gifts. Some can give more than others. Some can give less. But it takes all of it. And so whenever we do something, we all get a part. Back here on our building and stuff, I always reference, I've got a crew. People can do a little bit of everything. And the best thing to do is when they're working in their realm is get out of their way and let them do it. And uh, and from our millwrights to fabricators to carpenters to, to electricians or whatever, is let them go do that. But we all benefit from that. And, uh, and so maybe you don't have that ability. My, my best work is in the planning and doing the dirt work. But when it comes to carpenter, I, I, I stay out of the way. Let them do it. Uh, I can do a little bit of it, but I, I think you want it to look better than what I can do. And uh, so I, I just kind of let the guys do it that know what they're doing, and you look at it. It's almost square. We only had one wall that's a half inch off. That's the inside joke from yesterday. We had to pull out part of our deal and do a little adjustment. But the, the engineer didn't measure both sides or he could have got it right. But I, I, I'm just super proud of what we've been able to do and, and to be a part. And uh, everybody is participating one way or another in it. And so we, we all should be happy about that because, and man, we have a blast up here. We laugh, we make fun of each other, we poke at each other, but hey, we have a ball up here working and stuff. And uh, I'm just tremendously proud of everything. But now some of you don't even want to do a part of that, but your ministry is another area. Checking on people and doing that. That's still just a part of the, the outreach, teaching and various things. So it lets us be a part, and that's what God's doing here uh, in these uh, first nine verses in chapter 35 is letting the people be a part and to give according to what they could, and each tribe would be represented, and they could bring special things to that. So it gave you an opportunity to honor God with your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. But everybody got to be looked at in the same way. In the New Testament, they were taking a collection at the temple. And a lot of the wealthy people were coming in, and their, their collection deal was a, 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 was a, a pottery pot. They would come. So when you throw money in there, it made, it made noise. And so you could bring your money in there, and I'm sure a lot of them brought, made it look better if you brought, like in our term, instead of bringing dollar bills, they brought pennies, you know. sack full of pennies looked like a lot of money. But they wanted, they wanted people to think and hear that money rattling. But there was a, a little widow lady 
and it slipped up there sheepishly, just kind of slipped up there and just eased a little bit in there. And Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, uh, who do you think's giving the most? He said, she has. The others gave out of their abundance. Yeah, they gave more financially. He said, she gave all that she had. She gave the two mites, which were basically two pennies. He said, she gave more than anybody because she didn't give out of her abundance. She gave out of her desire. And God would honor by that. And so when we started this cowboy church, there was a lot of churches. People were cutting checks and they were building indoor arenas and buying land and big facilities. One or two people funding all of it. And that was a great deal. And I was a little bit envious of them at times because I'd hear, hey, man, we, we had a guy who just cut us a $500,000 check. And we built one. I thought, hmm. I'm trying to get somebody to cut a $500 check, you know. But what you see around here is built by common everyday people and the money they gave. And I came to realize the real blessing was in all of us being a part of it, not in the one person or two people paying for all of it. The real blessing came that, that just common everyday people working common everyday jobs and some in retirement, put money in them boots. And whenever we needed something, it would show up. You don't believe me? You ask some of these been with me for 18 years. We would pray. We had a we had an offering one time. I had some guys over the arena. They were praying for enough money to buy a couple round pins. And we got a check one time for exactly what the cost of those we was going to do some some sorting out there, and we had two round pins. And it came in, and some of them uh, in the church wanted to use it somewhere else. I said, no. I said, this came in because they were praying for it. Well, well, we could use it over here. I said, we could. But they prayed, and this check came in just for that amount. And I said, we're going to do that. And we did, because... God honored their prayer. For us to have moved it somewhere else, to me, would have just been totally wrong because they had been praying and God answered that prayer. I wasn't praying for that money. It was a $1,700 check and the cost of the, the panels were 1700 bucks. So we got it. We built it. Didn't use it very long. That little thing... But I tell you what, there's some people that came out of there realizing uh, God heard their prayers. Matter of fact, one time we were having an event and it was trying to rain and we were praying and and we prayed that it wouldn't rain and and uh, somebody was skeptic said, "Oh, what do they think they're doing?" And one of those guys who had prayed for that arena. Looked at him, he said, you better be careful because when this bunch prays, God answers it. You know what? It rained all around us that day, but it didn't rain here. Yep. It was raining at the school, pouring down. Yeah, the football game. It, it rained all around us. But 
God heard and answered our prayers. And I'm telling you, God's anointing is on this place. I've seen two tornadoes come across this place, and it's they 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 come up off the ground and went over the top of these buildings before they came back down. Twisted the top out of a red oak and one over here, but it's never done any damage other than take a few tree limbs out. Now, over that way down 144, a lot of tree damage and various things, but there's been two of them that came over this place. I can't explain it other than God's hand was on this place. And uh, and I'm here to tell you, he's going to use this place and use the people that's in this place to make a difference in the kingdom as long as we honor him. Now, if we quit honoring him and we quit worshiping him, we quit praising him and we start doing our own deal, that anointing will be taken away. But God wants us to be a part of it, and I'm excited about what he is doing, and I hope you are too. And uh, it's just a, it's a good thing to see what God's doing Um there's a time in all of our lives we need to stop and remember just how far we've come from the day we got saved. And where would you have been if God had not reached out to you that day? If God, now listen, if God had not reached out to you, you had nothing to do with it. But God reached out to you and you responded to the invitation and you came to him because he invited you. Where would you have been if he had not invited you to be a part of the kingdom work? Where would your family have been? Where would be people that you've led to the Lord be if you had not been a part? Think about the repercussions. And yet God said, I want you to be a part. I want you to contribute to the building and and the events and whatever. You get to share in that blessing of everything that's done. And every soul that's reached, that, that, that will be accounted to you on the day of judgment as your reward because you were part of it. So, anyway, God's pretty awesome. We see this throughout as people do. Just guard yourself not to be one of these naysayers. You may not like everything that goes on up here, and that's all right. You have that choice. Uh I've got a pretty harsh idea about it. I, God's given me the call, and he's given me my elders, and he's given me the congregation, and we do the best we can. We're not always right. But if you don't like what we're doing, get out there and start your own church and see how you do. Because if God's not calling you to to be part of the leadership where you think you could do a better job, get out there and try it. It's not an easy task. But you better not do it unless God's called you to do it. And then if he has, go out there and do it, and you'll be blessed, and you can run it the way you want. But 
we're, we're not perfect. I don't have perfect people. But I'm, I'm proud of the people I got. Okay? And uh, we tolerate each other, so if, if you can tolerate me and these elders, you're, you're a strong person. But I promise you this. We may argue sometime in our... Oh, we don't even argue. We disagree sometimes. Uh, but we always come out of it united. We debate, but we always come out united. And there's been times in the past years that people tried to drive a wedge between me and my elders. They've never done it. We... I got guys that committed to the Lord. And I'm thankful for that. And I want you to give them the respect they need because uh, being an elder is not always an easy task either. And putting up with me is sure not an easy one. Because <laughs> that's enough from the peanut section over. I know. I'll do my own amen in on that. I am very headstrong, but part of that is what let me do what I do, because if I wasn't, it'd be some battles I wouldn't fight. I've been called everything in the book, and that's okay, too, but I, I'm going to always honor my God, he called me to preach, I'm going to preach. I'm not the best visitor. I don't tend to my sick like I should. But my calling is to preach the word. And I do my best at that, and I, I, I try to work and invest. And I've got a lot of good folks that help me. But... Uh, I operate within my spiritual gifts and what God calls me, and uh, I'm going to try to do that the best I can. And um, But I've got a lot of people that can take care of you too. You see, you don't have to depend on the preacher. You depend on the body. And you all the body. So a lot of that kind of stuff is done there. And... Um, and we're going to grow. We are growing in lots of ways. And there's a lot of people watching you. So anyway, I've just chased a rabbit for five minutes and got it right to 7.30. Had nothing to do with Moses, but it had a lot to do with God. Uh, but I promise you, this is the best church I've ever been a part of best group of people I've ever been a part of most of the time. Every now and then there's some folks come in here try to stir up stuff, but overall, there's nobody doing what you're doing. Nobody's doing. I'm telling you what I hear in the community, I wish my church would do what y'all's doing. That's a compliment. Because they know it works. Because you are out there making a difference.
And the enemy can't tear you down when you're making a difference because the truth will always come out. It will always come out. So, anyway. All right. Let's close in prayer and let y'all go do what you need to do. Father, we want to glorify you. Thank you for what you did with Moses, what you did with the high priest, and thank you for the patience you showed upon the Israelites. You're still patient with them. You're still using them, and you're about to do some mighty things in the next few days through them, Father. But I am really thankful for what you've done with the Gentiles as you've allowed us to be the church to reach out and to be a part of the ministry throughout the world. We pray that you continue to let us impact people around the world and to reveal the truth and the, uh, the message of Jesus Christ and through him and him alone is salvation and that uh, we're just common everyday people that have chosen to follow you and answer that call that you issued to us and we're here by your grace and your grace alone and we ask it in jesus name amen god bless you y'all have a good week pray for these We thank you for listening to Bar None Cowboy Ministries in Omaha, Texas. We invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We are located on Highway 259 just south of the four-way in Omaha. You may also find us on Facebook or the web at barnonecowboyministries.com, a place where we don't care about your past but care about your future.